Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Anthony with the pump fake and one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career, but look at him smiling. We go, my man. Welcome to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are a Carmelo Stanthony podcast, but occasionally talk fantasy basketball. Uh, Natty, how you doing? I'm all right, man. Doing good. How are you? I'm good. You getting hyped for what's probably going to be an uneventful NBA trade deadline, but we're going to do our best to hype it up to an umpteenth degree on this show? (laughs) Well, I thought about that today because I remembered that we sort of predicted that it could be a pretty slow and difficult trade season just because so much money was spent and so many parts moved last se- last off season. Right. So this isn't really that surprising. I mean, everyone knows the salaries and the pieces they have since the beginning of the season. Um, the way that the playoff seating is shaken out makes it a little bit more difficult because a bunch of teams sort of think that they still can and they would just like to get an eighth seed and get in the playoffs they just want to break bad streaks and like show that they're advancing um so this is a difficult trade season it's i'm skeptical that anyone super big moves but i do think that there could be a bunch of smaller moves like there might be a bunch of trades it's just that they're all sort of small and like in they have like second round picks with them and stuff. Um, so I don't know. It might be really active, but just not that impressive. Yeah. I don't necessarily see uh, some sort of like game changing groundbreaking trade go down. That doesn't seem to be what's going to happen, but there are, there have been a like, it's a bummer because there've been a bunch of sexy names floated about out there. I mean, like there's your usual guys, Kevin Love, who we've talked a lot about. And then Andre Drummond has become a hot topic too, obviously. But you also have like Derek Rose, who's been playing really well, who it feels like Detroit could ship out. You also now have had flying rumors about, I mean, the Timberwolves have not hidden their desire for D'Angelo Russell at all. <laughs> but now it seems like maybe Andrew Wiggins gets swapped Come in that from deal. the best team to one of the worst. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do that. That being said, I mean, Andrew Wiggins to the Warriors, like is, that might be what Andrew Wiggins needs. Can we get like some Steve Kerr magic oh, on, on there's Wiggins? There's no way they would take maple jordan back there i think there would have to be a third team where they'd right. be like yeah and here's andrew wiggins and they're like i guess i, I guess if you want to um and then i don't know also- who that team is though like nobody wants andrew if someone wanted andrew wiggins i feel like they could have gotten him oh i feel like that trade would have gone down in a heartbeat yeah uh like- and you we've also gotten some rumors surrounding uh well kyle kuzma's like the only asset that the lakers have if the lakers are going to get a move so he's probably going andre Iguodala is basically having a a glorious beef with john morant uh about whether or not he is going to play for the memphis grizzlies this year or they're going to trade him and he will work his way out and i would just want to quickly say that we a hundred percent we are a carmelo santhony podcast we're also a john morant stand podcast like the guy can do no wrong and him calling out iggy for being like hey iggy maybe come play with this like fun upstart memphis team that is actually making some fun sexy noise you know am i possibly a playoff team they're the eighth seed right now why not the moment i saw that i immediately was like oh shit i think the union's probably gonna like talk to these guys (laughs) because it's like you don't want to mess with another man's money or his business. And the reason Iguodala isn't playing is because of business. That's all. Like, there's he and the team could have come to some kind of accord before the season began. Um, and they just both chose not to. Uh, so 
I think that's like a generational divide. Like Jaws there and he wants sure. to win no matter what. And Iguodala is like, I'm a seasoned veteran. I've been put into a bad situation. I'm not going to get injured here. I just won't. And I, you know, have enough status where I can force myself to a contending team. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And when you're my age and have been where I've been, you can do it too. Yeah. No, I see nothing. I mean, I see on both sides. I feel like there's nothing wrong with what either are doing. I mean, I do think that this is, I saw Bill Simmons tweet this out where it's like, this is going to be something that the NBA will probably have to address something in the sense that like Iggy is still getting paid despite not playing. And it's well within Iggy's rights to be like, I'm not going to play and you're just going to pay me. But I feel like probably at the next uh, bargaining you know, CBA bargaining agreement, there's going to be something in there that's like, well, maybe you have to like play at least a minimum of some number of minutes in order to, to make your contract. Maybe not. Who knows? But see, I take issue with that because the team could force him to play or they could file a grievance if he refused. Like they agreed he wasn't going to play. The, this is, this is a problem that already has a solution. Like if he was just saying no, then yeah. the team and the team wanted him to play, then they could do something about it. Um, they agreed to this. Like they they got him not to play him. They got him to trade him. He's a trade asset. They don't want him to get injured either because then they wouldn't have gotten anything for him. Um, so there's like, th- this is NBA business. This is an NBA playing. Um, yeah. And not for nothing, but Andre Iguodala is, uh, sacrificed a lot in his career. He was a starter who came, decided, you know, chose, I will do this and come off the bench. Uh, he's a great player, and this is why I, other people have fought harder f- to have these rules. So yeah. if the team really was upset about it, they could do something. They're not, because the injury risk is too great. They didn't get him to play him. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's fair. Of the of the names that you feel that have been the most talked about as as trade candidates, is there anyone who you feel like I think this person is going is going to get moved at the deadline? I do think Derrick Rose gets moved. I just feel like that's a player with a salary you can move, and he's. And do you think you know, he's a lock? Great. To the, do you think he's a lock to the Lakers? Because I feel like I feel like Derrick Rose for Kyle Kuzma and like. Uh, I don't know. Avery Bradley seems like just, all right, let's just write this down and let's get this done. Cause this is, seems like the easiest deal of the century to make. Yeah. I mean, one of my trades was D Rose and Markeith, uh for Avery Bradley back to Detroit and Kuzma because Kuzma's from Flint. It would be awesome. Right. Like that's a great, uh, you know, if he's going to get traded anywhere then trade him back home. Um, and it, that would just be sentimentally awesome. So I really do hope that trade occurs. Um, and the Lakers can have whoever the fuck they want. I don't care. They can't have Svee and they can't <laughs> like, they can't have any of the young guys. Um, but it, yeah, I don't, I don't care about Derek Rose. He's still a bull in my eyes. Um, but he should get traded because he's played wonderfully and there's no reason for him to be on the Pistons. And it does feel like it does feel like the Lakers are the most obvious destination for him because the Lakers have been looking for another wing player and they Derek Rose is a player who you trade for not for any kind of future, but for like we are winning now. We need someone who can just come in and get a bucket. Uh and that's exactly what Derek Rose can do, especially in the half court. Derek Rose can get you two points with ease. So it feels like a very Laker move to get a a veteran of the game who can score, make, you know, get his own bucket when he needs to so that you can take, you know, get, get the ball out of LeBron or AD's hands and be like, all right, D-Rose, this is your possession, just go score. Uh, while not, and being like, uh, Kyle Kuzma, you're not doing anything for us now. We're here to win a championship for Kobe. Uh, we're not here to kind of see how long we can uh, keep a, fran- uh, keep a uh, dynasty rolling. I thought a uh, dark horse team for D-Rose like, might be DC. Because oh, interesting, then you get because you get a high caliber like name, and that sort of mollifies Beal. And it's like, here, man, like we got sort of the best dude we could get that won't be crowding out Wall. And you know, like let's let's try to get the eighth seed. I guess. Um, I I mean, Derrick Rose. There's no point in Derrick Rose remaining in Detroit unless he wants to. 
Right. He's been playing well. Maybe he thinks that's because of Detroit system. And, you know, uh, maybe he really enjoys playing there, in which case, sure, except we could get more for him than what we like. We're just not doing well right now. And um, I'd rather have the assets coming back, even if I mean, Kuzma would be a big get, I think. Um, but, you know, like I'm, I'm not hoping for a first rounder really <laughs> you know no i don't i think you're right in saying i don't think that i would be surprised to see if there are any first rounders getting traded this at this deadline uh just because it well yeah yeah because i i also feel like that they're not going they don't carry they're not going to carry as much weight as much gravitas as they would in past years simply because it feels like everyone kind of knows that this draft isn't great so I don't know if, if first round picks are as desirable in this year. It might be, I feel, I feel like if it's going to be much more of a, like a, a play, get players moving kind of draft, especially since the, I don't feel like anyone with super high picks is there's no one out there who you're going to give up a bunch of lottery picks for, because there's no one there like on the cusp. Like, I think the only team that would trade decent first round, like trade a first rounder would be the Celtics. And that's just because the Celtics have a bunch of first round picks and they need to package them sure. up and send them out eventually, especially the Memphis pick, which is very likely to, you know, revert back into multiple second rounders, I think, because it's is it lottery protected playoff. I think it's lottery protected. Um, but anyways, uh, and that would be, that would be used. And if they went after Clint Capella, which was rumored, uh, which, uh, you know, <laughs> I have long said on this podcast, would not be against Clint Capella on the Celtics. feel like he would be uh, a good get. Sure. I mean, you want to upgrade your center position, you know, however you can do that without really hurting your team or giving away that much, then absolutely go do it. I do think uh, in, terms of, in terms of names who we've heard batted around, uh, who could get traded, who will get traded, uh, I agree with you. I think Derrick Rose is more or less a lock to get traded. I also feel like Marcus Morris, even though the Knicks are trying to feign <laughs> that they're going to keep him around forever and ever and ever, I feel like he, I think he and Robert Covington seem like two guys who a contender could certainly use. And both those teams, the Knicks and the Timberwolves, are so shitty right now where it's just like, yeah, we'll take kind of whatever we'll take your filler we'll take your pick we'll take whatever you guys have to offer because we need to make some moves because there'll be certainly a lot of contenders could use Robert Covington and I think a lot of teams especially I heard someone talk about the Clippers uh, as a potential Marcus Morris landing spot because of the fact that he can to as much of an extent as anyone can guard uh, LeBron he did that for the Celtics when he played with them. He did a decent job of it. And I think that's one of the biggest things that cl the Clippers, if they're going to make a move, is looking to do is to address size and, and sure. add someone with kind of size and toughness. So, and Marcus Morris certainly has plenty of that, um, as well as a, uh, a general dis disrespect for, for uh, women's sports. But, you know, we, uh, <laughs> we overlook that. Also, with the Clippers, it's like this is their last draft pick that they can trade for a while. Yeah. And you might as well, like, we're sort of at the end of a cycle in the NBA. And you can tell that with the fact that, like, we don't think that a bunch of first-round picks are going to get traded because the teams that want them are the teams that have them. Um, and the NBA is in between sort of superstar eras right now because of injuries and because of player movement. Mm -hmm. So like the West seems to have all the dudes that have been in the finals over the past 10 years. <laughs> and uh, the East has a bunch of teams with a bunch of promise and outside of the Raptors who, you know, lost Kawhi, um, not a lot of evidence to show for their supposed promise. Um, so it does sort of feel like every team that thinks they have a chance should just fucking go all in. Yeah. Like, what are you waiting for? Um, especially when you have players like Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly, you know, like you just all of a sudden have this good core and you should do whatever you can, including trading a first round pick for, you know, 
Marcus Moore Sr. Uh, just because like that edge is going to matter later. Like this is a year without Steph Curry, without Clay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, really kind of without Kyrie. Um, Portland is injured, you know, like Dallas isn't there yet. The Lakers, everyone seems to think that even though they're great, uh, you know, they have, they're 37 and 11. They have the second best record in the NBA. They also think that they're incomplete. So if I'm the Clippers, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to get a little bit of size. And I agree with you a little bit of toughness and Morris, either of the Morris trends really can help you there. Um, I keep hearing that they want like a real center and I don't really know who that could be. Oh, I'll, like I'll tell you. Oh, I'll tell hey, you who hey. the real center is. I've got, give I've it got, to me. I have a four team trade. Oh, uh, Natty. I never give nice. away my most prized possession this early in the show. You got to make people listen and tune in all the way until towards the oh, end of the show. Is. Oh, this I've is podcasting one-on-one. This is yes. Yes. Hmm. Please pretending as if I, <laughs> as if I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, strange new sensation. My curiosity <laughs> is peaked. We'll see if this trade has, uh, has actually functions in real life, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's, that's basically, these are the kind of rumors that have been floating about. Uh, and, and neither of us, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, I know Natty is super plugged into the NBA and has his fingers in all of the team's pies and has contacts <laughs> everywhere. We communicate constantly. Oh, Absolutely. I, mean, I call plays. Your phone is game. blowing up all the time. I can barely yeah. get a text in edgewise. Um, yeah. Woj but, has the bombs, but I'm the guy that makes the bombs. <laughs> You're Woj's bomb builder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Woj Boeing. Well, not uh, Boeing. Ooh, maybe not. Woj. Never mind. <laughs> Keep going. Um, <laughs> but we, I'm not going to pretend we offer, can offer you much insight in terms of what will happen at the NBA deadline. But we can offer you though, is a whole bunch of super fun trades that we have concocted that we would love to see happen at the NBA deadline. So why spend more time just talking about what maybe could happen and instead wildly speculate about what certainly will happen. Uh, so Natty, why don't you start us off with one of a, one of your trades that you've concocted where you are like, Oh man, I would love to see this happen. Okay. I'm going to go with my first trade being between two non-playoff teams. <laughs> Perfect. This is a trade that involves a superstar. Um, I am hoping that Cleveland sends Kevin Love to Phoenix because Kevin Love is basically like saying in everything except the words, get me the fuck out of here and I'm going to be terrible <laughs> and a big distraction while I'm here. Um, he's not getting along with the coach. The coach isn't really doing well, which, uh, I find tragic because he used to coach, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. The team just isn't really doing well. It doesn't really seem that Kevin Love is helping them unite or mentor them. So it's like, just get me the fuck out of here. Trading Kevin Love to Phoenix elevates Phoenix they don't have to send that much back, including not, probably not having to send back picks because it's basically a salary dump for Cleveland. Like they just get to get out of Caleb's contract. If they did this trade and it would, you know, Tyler Johnson and Frank Kaminsky get the salary done. Who cares? Phoenix's starting five would be Rubio, Booker, Ubre, who's been doing a lot better this year, Caleb and DeAndre Ayton. That's a good team. That That's a, a team, team I would want to watch. And that's a team with beautiful, incredible passing with Rubio and Love. Like, those two together would be fucking sick. And K-Love is not as old. He, like, he's not 34, you know? Like, he's 31, I think. Um, and, yeah, he's not a great defensive player. But so fucking what? If you're a team on the up, and by the way, no, like, people aren't rushing to sign with Phoenix. Like, if they think they're in the mix for a big elite free agent, I think they're fooling themselves. So get a superstar who, like, can help a good young team grow. And there are vets there. Like, it's not a bad destination. With Booker, you feel like you should be able to be a playoff team. And having Kevin Love there would make that team a hell of a lot more watchable. Yeah, It wouldn't and- affect this year's playoffs at all, though. No, <laughs> no, but it would be fun. 
I do feel like I, I didn't want to say that Kevin Love was a piece that was going to get moved. I just, I have a hard time. That contract is. Oh yeah. Is hard to move. I don't know how, how it's going to happen or if it's going to happen, but to the Suns makes a lot of sense. And you're right that that would be, it would be a very fun offense to watch just given how, how the ball could just fly around the court and you're surrounding Kevin Love with shooters and he can't like, I, I think the, the, he and DeAndre Ayton pairing would work actually pretty well uh, because Love would give plenty of space on the court. Uh, I, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Right on. Okay. We convinced one. Let's keep going. Nice. Let's, let's keep rolling. Uh, one of my first ones, this is one that has already been kind of rumored, but I'm just going to solidify it. This is what I would want. If the Celtics do trade for Clint Capella, this is what I want to see them trade him for. And I don't <laughs> know if the Rockets would take this. Who knows? Basically, God forbid Marcus Smart is involved in this trade. If Marcus Smart is involved in this trade, then I wouldn't burn my allegiance to the Celtics, but I certainly wouldn't be pleased. Let's be, let's, and I think, I don't think that Danny Age is that dumb, but Clint Capella for Enos Cantor, Romeo Langford, Vincent Poirier, and Memphis's first round pick. Yeah. I mean, if they, I don't know what they want to trade Capella for. Like they might just think that they can just like bring a dude in off the street because they think centers are fungible ditto, but like not to the (laughs) point of like, you just don't fucking need him at all. Like he's, I, I think Cantor on the Rockets would actually look pretty good on offense. Um, But you need to have a shutdown defender in order to be serious. And the easiest way to do that is to have a big, and so like if if you're going to trade capella i would rather get someone who's better at defense and i don't really know who that is um you're saying for the rockets i mean so you could yeah. you could instead of canter you could replace canter with daniel tice who has been playing very well defensively i was trying to keep tice uh but i do also like the clint capella is your starting five and then you have enos canter to back him up i just I I love I had a hard time parting with Cantor because I have seen too much of the Celtics getting just walloped on the boards and Cantor is just so good at getting you the offensive rebound and getting you easy buckets right in the paint. So I wouldn't be against including Tice as well. Tice I just think is he offers that three-point shooting range from the big position which is great for the Celtics and he's on a cheaper deal uh and he's younger. But uh, but if that if that's what entices the Rockets, I don't think this deal is going to get done. Uh, I would be surprised if the Celtics make anything really that aggressive, but maybe they will. Uh, but I would think that this is the kind of construction. It's whether or not you're right. It's like what the Rockets are looking for, um, because I am not here for any kind of Marcus Smart. They're not getting Marcus Smart. I'll promise you that much. <laughs> it just doesn't make any over sense my dead body smart. Well, because he's sort of like, uh, he's sort of, he's like an emergency. Um, it's not, he's not an axe, but it's like when things break down defensively in the playoffs, he's a dude that can credibly defend centers when he's six six. Right, like he's he's a dude that you can depend on when emergencies occur because no matter what your defense is doing, he's going to do a good job at it and Jalen Brown's turning into that sort of player too um I just really don't think that it makes much sense to trade Marcus Smart at all he just makes that team work like he's the straw that stirs the drink you know even if he's not the best player on the team now having said that if OKC was like hey do you guys want Steven Adams we'd like Marcus Smart um and you know other stuff would have to happen but like an a center of that caliber, then I think you would have to think about it. Um, you know, if Toronto for some reason went crazy and was like, Hey, do you want Marcus all the former defensive player of the year? You'd be like, yeah, I guess. Why is he available? Why aren't you going? For it? <laughs> uh, um, this, seems, this seems like Toronto is like sneakiest. They would never do that. Are you can even the Celtics would never trade Marcus smart to the Raptors. And then can you imagine how Marcus smart would play the greatest series in NBA history? If the Celtics face the Raptors in the playoffs. 
But the question for Boston is the same as for every other team, which is like, which gives you the best edge this year? Sure. Because this is going to be probably another like, you don't usually have strange random years in the NBA, much less twice in a row. Like the the Raptors could be in the finals. No problem. That's super true. I guess it's surprising to me that what makes you think that this is going to be a strange random year? Is it just because that there's like, it seems to me that this is like a Bucks Lakers year and everyone's trying to knock one of those guys out. I mean, both teams have shown flaws and you can certainly take advantage of them. And it's not, this isn't, you know, the year where the Warriors are at full strength and everyone's like, okay, what's the point? Uh, but I, 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 I don't necessarily feel like this is anyone's year, but maybe it is. Tell me I'm wrong, Natty. Tell me this is going to be a much more exciting run than what I'm, I'm expecting. I think the 76ers could make the finals and they're the sixth seed right now. That is pretty crazy. This is crazy. Um, You know, like I think uh, the Rockets are in the fifth seed, you know, in the West and all the teams above them and all the teams above them and the Sixers in the East, I feel like, well, the Pacers making the finals would be a miracle, but uh, if Miami made a trade, I could definitely, they're in the fourth seed right now. They'll be there. Um, if Toronto makes a trade, there's no telling what they could do. Um, lest we forget, they beat the shit out of Giannis and the Bucks last year. And uh, the Bucks had Brogdon then. That's true. So, and obviously the Raptors had Kawhi. But the, the Raptors are on pace to win more games this year than they did last year with Kawhi. Now, the correct counter to that is, yeah, but they load manage the shit out of Kawhi. If he had played every game, then they would have won even more games. That's totally true. But the numbers matter. They're on pace to be better this year. They, it, it would be tough to get the number one seed, but um, I mean, they're on an 11 game win streak right now. Everybody on that team has been injured. They don't need to make a huge upgrade. Like they don't need to make a really big trade. I don't know what a really big trade for Toronto would look like if you can't trade for Kawhi. <laughs> like yeah. there's, I don't think there's, they'd be trading Van Fleet. Um, I don't think they'd trade OG Ananobi, but depending on the quality of player you get back, maybe they would. Um, like who would, who's the craziest dude? Like could Zach Levine get moved? I mean, we've talked about it before as a possibility. I I would put nothing past the uh, the crazy ass. Because it's like a bunch of the teams that are Bulls. out of the playoffs. You don't really think would make trades. Like the Pelicans could could trade some players, but um, it sort of seems like they don't want to. Sacramento should trade players, but they're ridiculous. Who? Ugh, they're so <laughs> awful. Oh my god! Like Bogdan Bogdanovich, actually. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, Sacramento trades Bogdan Bogdanovich to Toronto for whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, Bogdanovich is a big ball handler. He would look perfect on the Raptors, um, and he gets to go to like a World City, and then Sacramento doesn't have to trade him to LA either of the LA teams, which sort of seems like what everyone is talking about. Uh, Bogdanovich, I know (laughs) like he's a dude that doesn't really have a big name that rings out, but he's really, really good. He is good. And he's been playing super well this year. Like he's, if you, he will come into it. He's the perfect kind of guy to add to a championship roster to like continue to push you. He's a perfect bench scorer. Yeah, and he he's been coming off the bench for most of the year uh, for the Kings, and then Buddy Heald, they decided to bring him off the bench just to see if they could do something else stupid. And um, the fact of the matter is that like the Kings don't need Bogdanovich, and if they keep him, he's a restricted free agent this coming uh, offseason, I believe. If they keep him, he'll be expensive along with all the other young dudes that are going to get expensive and that they, you know, and they don't need half these guys. So they should trade Bogdanovich because you can probably get pretty good value for him. So what if you trade uh, Bogdanovich to the Raptors for Stanley Johnson and OG Ananubi? Like, I don't even know. Uh, I don't want to trade OG. How about like Stan John and uh, McCaw or something? Yeah, you could do that. Maybe toss in a pick. I was thinking. Yeah, but, OG- oh, totally. Because Toronto has all their picks. Yeah, right. they should do that. So maybe toss- if you, yeah. Is that keep OG send a pick? I would do that. Sure. Yeah. So Patrick McCaw, Stanley Johnson, first round pick, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Done. 
Absolutely. Like I maybe just, that's a trade for Bob Covington too. Mm, yeah, I like that too. Um, is this counting as one of your one of your trades that you've concocted, or do you have a, do you have so much more to share? I mean, I I do have a bunch of other ones. Um, give me give me another one. Okay, I think a small one is. <laughs> I think Uncle Marv Williams, the poor old man in Charlotte, who's like not really playing at all. I think it would be nice if they sent him to the Clippers. Um, you know, just for like Mo Harkless is expiring and maybe a second or something. Um, but like that gets you a player that is sort of like Marcus Morris, you know, he's a dude that knows what he's doing. He can shoot. Um, it's just another kind of edge guy. Like this dude can play in the playoffs for whatever, five minutes and it won't be a complete disaster. Um, so that's that's a small little trade that I would like. I would like to see Marvin Williams playing again. It's like I understand it's all youth all the time there, and I love the young guys in Charlotte. But it would be cool if you could get maybe he's a buyout candidate, Uncle Marv. I like him. Yeah, I know you do. You've you you spent spoken of him in such rever that uh... like he's just been uh, in the wrong place his entire career. You know, like it would be cool. And he's not like 57 years old, uh, but it would be cool to see him on a team where his skills were actually complimentary rather than uh, like asking too much of him. He would look good in Houston. He would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm torn right now. I'll, I'll let you know what I'm brainstorming, why I am busily working on a trade for the Pelicans to try to get them into the playoffs. But unfortunately it's, unfortunately it's not going how I want. Uh, <laughs> so instead, instead I'm having the Pelicans absolutely torpedo everything, not torpedo everything, but, but, uh, but get maybe blow things up a little bit, uh, and trade and have the Zion. heat <laughs> trade Zion. Cause he just got blocked by Giannis. So what's the point? What are we doing yeah. here? Let's, let's move on from him. He was cool while it was happening. Uh, the heat go out and get their point guard to help solidify their Eastern conference contention drew holiday and Josh Hart to make the contracts work for Gorgon Dragic, justice Winslow and Tyler hero. And maybe the heat throwing a pick there. I try to get the heat to throw into pick, but they can't do, you can't do the missing consecutive year first round picks. Right. Right. And they're missing their 21 and their 23. So I guess you throw in at 25, but that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like, for that trade, I think it would be Norlean saying uh, we can, like, play justice next to the rest of our young guys. Like, he could be an ultra-big point guard, you know, backing up Lonzo, and uh, maybe him and Zion play small ball center tandems or something. Uh, Justice Winslow, when he's healthy, seems like he was – been getting better uh i i wonder what his value is around the like i think a lot of teams would like him but i don't know if they'd be willing to pay for him right much but um miami like if miami could get drew holiday then they should sort of do everything that they possibly can to do that because uh he'd be a really good fit next to jimmy and (laughs) those players are kind of rare. Yeah. <laughs> like who, <laughs> yep. who else? Cause it's not just that you're tra- for the heat. The problem isn't just that you're trading for a player. You're trading for a player to play next to Jimmy Butler. And this is Jimmy Butler's team. And if you get in his fucking way, you're going to regret it. He keeps right. proving that. So and I feel like Drew um, holiday, Drew holiday is like pretty used to that role. He feels, I feel like he has that role kind of locked down where he's like, I don't need to be the number one guy. I'll just, uh, I'll happily kind of, play around with everyone and we'll we'll all be great friends and he's had a weird career too um so it's miami's a real deal with jimmy there now and with bam and they um i don't i don't think they could beat milwaukee in a seven game series but i'm not 100 percent sure that anyone can right now uh but they're a real team and they have to compete while they have jimmy And you just, this year, like, when's the last time that two new teams played in the finals? Yeah. 
You know, like this is a year that is sort of, it, maybe it's less wide open than people think, but that's what the trade deadline is for. If you can really make an impact move, then you increase your chances by a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I mean, and like, it's a bummer that these contracts, it seems like for most of the, the reason why and we talked about it, like the reason why a lot of these trades probably won't happen is because of the fact either these players have very large contracts and teams that are looking to get them, you have to offer up too much. You know, you'd have to like kind of cut into your core in order to make this move just to make the contracts work. You don't have a ton of bloated contracts out there. Um, and, and on the flip side, you also just a lot of, I feel like a lot of the teams also are kind of looking around and being like, yeah, we could make a move, but what's a move out there that's going to rocket us up into the, you know, into a whole different level. Like even the Sixers who are the sixth seed, like we all know the Sixers would love to add, you know, a perimeter shooter, right? That would be great, but they're 30 and 17 and the Pacers are 30 and 17. The Celtics are 30 and 15. The Raptors are 32 and 14. The Heat are 32 and 14. Like the Sixers have a real tough stretch of games coming up because they play uh, the – where do they play? They got the Bucks and the – I think they play the Heat on – they played the Heat on Monday, but they got the Bucks uh, tomorrow on Thursday. And, like, those two games, the Bucks game, if they lose that game, that's, that's a, a big blow to their playoff, uh, you know, or, or looking to, to move up into the Eastern rankings because that's a couple games back now. But – everyone's pretty close. And so it's question is, is like, what is the move out there that they could easily make that any team could easily make that uh, really puts them over the edge without kind of damaging what they've got and giving up without giving up kind of real assets. Yeah. Um, like we said, a bunch of players moved around last year. And so now it's like the teams that are bad that have available players. Maybe you don't want those players. Right. You know, like is some, like I was trying to, I was wondering, like, would OKC want Aaron Gordon? Like, would you rather have him than Danilo Gallinari for this playoffs and for the future? I don't really know. Um, you know, it, it seems that uh, the league is sort of cooled on Andre Drummond. You know, like, mm-hmm. would are you willing to give up a lot for him? Um it doesn't seem like anyone's willing to give up a lot for Kevin Love and Kevin Love has a chip and he's super good. And when he's motivated, he's one of, he's still one of the best 25 players in the league. Um, there's also so many injuries this year of elite players that uh, the pool is a little bit uh, shallower. It's just like, you know, if John Wall was playing, if Steph Curry was playing, if Clay and KD were playing, then all of this would look a little bit different. Um, and the competition would be fiercer. Yeah. So I, you know, like who are some of the people that I like Bob Covington? Sure. I guess, um, Derek Rose to Philadelphia, maybe like, Oh, interesting. Zaire Smith, like if Philly D Rose and Markeith Morris for Zaire Smith and Mike Scott, I like that. The salary I'm sure would work. I don't even know if you really need picks involved. Um, but it's like those little moves that I think that are going to happen because I don't really know who's the biggest name that could possibly be moved. Andre Iguodala. Sure. Fine. I guess that counts. Drew holiday is a for real player. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell, I guess is a for real player. If the wolves somehow got him, that would be good but maybe. the wolves are right but like how much what, what's the but they're doing that because really dar do? is friends with cat like they're right. doing that to keep cat they right. it like dar could be playing for anybody and they'd be like yeah well we're trying to get your best friend yeah yeah they're just saying that um all right before we go on we've got a couple more big time trades that we want to see mine my massive four team trade is coming up everyone but stay tuned uh we're going to take a quick ad break you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. And Natty, let us, let's wrap up kind of the trades we want to see happen at the deadline. I have alluded to my massive four-teamer. Do you have anything else that you've got? Do you have any kind of uh, super sneaky trades you have in your back pocket that you want to share right now? I want... Golden State to trade either or both of GR3 and Alec Burks because they're both young, they're both cheap, they're not good enough so that Golden State is like, well, shit, we need to keep them because they're part of our core rather than getting, you know, uh, controllable assets back. And I think that Glenn Robinson third, who's, you know, a wing who can score and is young and will try hard on defense and, you know, ditto with Alec Burks and they've been playing well. Um, I think those are players that you, those just like Derek Rose, like those players, you don't need to focus your team's future on them. They are assets. You should use them to try to get better in different ways, whether with draft picks or with, you know, better players that you like more, whatever. Um, so I would like to see those two moved because lest we forget golden state (laughs) could get the number one pick in the draft. And even though it's a bad draft, having the number one pick is pretty fucking good. And then everybody comes back next year. Yeah. Everyone's healthy. And you're that first, the first overall pick, I feel like that's kind of what you want to play into is like, we're going to sell off assets to yeah, to make pull- sure that we get the best chance. Sure. Right, right. And that would be, yeah, that'd be a good move. And you're right, that Glenn Robinson and Alex Burks as wing guys who perimeter got, like, that's kind of, I feel like that's like the missing piece that a lot of contenders need is just like another off the bench kind of guy who you can trust to get buckets and defend and uh, and who have shown enough flashes that there's, you know, there's reliable uh in those big situations so yeah every team would like to have them and so i'm sure if someone came a knocking the warriors should uh should do the talking nailed it also well done very well done thank you uh the kings should also trade Dwayne deadman who also doesn't want to be there and i think he's signed three for 30 um and you know he's a center who played credibly in atlanta last year i yeah i liked I, him i i saw uh, i was listening to uh of course now i'm gonna forget whose podcast i was listening to but i was listening to a podcast so credit to you whoever i was listening to for this <laughs> but they were talking about how he is not a sexy name but could make sense for the clippers as looking for like a traditional center because that seems to be what the clippers are desiring um if i if you would allow me to perfectly segue that into what my four team trade, my four team trade is here is based upon three notions. One, (laughs) the Clippers need a big man, a traditional big man. They want a traditional center. That's what they're looking for. You always know that a good trade idea is good because it has a preamble right like exactly. in order to understand this trade in order I need to explain to conceptualize a few why yeah. i wanted to like get down to the muck and muck <laughs> of this trade a. a b the sixers need a perimeter shooter who can hit threes uh and three <laughs> mike conley hasn't been great for the jazz oh so here's Whoa. my massive four-team trade that I have no idea if this is at all working. I purely mostly pick names on ones that like kind of could help, but also really are for contract situations. But you now (laughs) the teams involved, Utah jazz, Oklahoma city, thunder, Los Angeles Clippers, 
Philadelphia 76ers. Nice. We'll start with we'll start with the smallest package. The 76ers get Joe Ingles from the uh, Utah Jazz. Whoa. Two Australians on the same team. Holy shit. You I'm have, there. Nice. I mean, yeah, Team Australia for life. The Clippers get Steven Adams and Zaire Smith. Okay. The Thunder okay. get Zubach, Montrez Harrell, Mike, Matt Scott, and Mike Connolly. Okay. Whoa. Jesus. And the Utah okay. Jazz gets uh, Mo Harkless, Chris Paul, Cormaz, uh, uh, and uh, a second-round pick. Wow. Who says no? <laughs> wow. I do like that. CP3 back playing for, I mean, like the New Orleans team used to be the Jazz and they should be the Jazz. Uh, so he would be on the Jazz. That would be cool. I like that. So, yeah. So my logic for everything, first of all, the Utah Jazz, adding Chris Paul, like you're you're now getting, you're getting better if at the very least equal play at your point guard position, right? Yes. So that's, you're getting better play. You're getting better that's, play. Yeah. That's the big that's thing the for the Jazz. God. That's He's the big incredible. thing for the Jazz. Uh, Mo Harkless and Korkmaz give you the whole. The hope there is they kind of replace Joe Ingles, but I also feel like the Joe Ingles' role has hasn't been as big for the Jazz this year. Uh, I feel like, and so you're now kind of replacing with multiple people. Really, the big move for the Jazz here is is getting you a basically what they thought Mike Conley could have been for them. But he hasn't really. So this is, this is solidifying that point guard position as they are currently, currently what third in the West dude. And then then Royce O'Neal could move back into the starting lineup instead of coming off the bench, Oklahoma city thunder, uh, Mike Conley, but you're also, this is Montrez Harrell is really the move here because I feel like the thunder are young enough. You can, you can make this, you make the sexy move to you're the seventh seed you can see what happens but also if not you have a young enough roster where you might be able you're willing to give Montrez Harrell because he's you know going he has a contract coming up you're willing to give him money you could he's going to be that kind of like energy glue guy that this team could need in the future sure the Clippers you want a big traditional center who's going to go toe-to-toe against Dwight Howard Nikola Jokic Rudy Gobert yeah, balls of steel. Let's Dude go. Let's go. Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams can't get his nuts broken for the life of him. And then 76ers. This oh, shit. And he'd be back with Paul George. Right. And he'd be back with Paul George and their besties. We all know that. <laughs> and uh, and then for the Sixers, you're gaining a perimeter shooter, which I they needed. I, I went through so many iterations of this to try to figure out basically the, the general premise to start was getting the Clippers a big man. And then I was going to send Montrose sure. Harrell to the Hawks and have the Hawks involved in this trade. Um, and then I was like, ooh, what if we added the Sixers into it? Anyway, so, so that's, that was my, my crazy wild four-team trade to, uh, to hopefully help everyone. It certainly helps the Jazz, according to uh, TradeNBA.com. They say they plus two increased projected wins with the addition of Chris Paul over Mike Connolly. And they are currently in the fourth seed. Um, they're 32 and 17 and Denver in the third seed are 34 and 16. Like Utah would rather have home court advantage. Home court's really important for them. Um, so yeah, the standings are going to matter a lot because it sort of seems like both conferences, we know who the number one seeds are and then seeds two through six are sort of up in the air and then seven and eight, no one's going to take that seriously. I mean, well, I mean, is Memphis a real team? Memphis could make a trade, but yeah. also Portland could maybe overtake them. San Antonio, God, I really, they're 22 and 27. It's going to be so sad if they don't make the playoffs. Let's send but this anyway, second round pick actually to, let's send this second round pick actually to the Clippers. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I feel like the Clippers deserve, deserve a little more compensation. Or actually, you know what? What if we send the Thunder's first round pick that the Sixers have to the Clippers? We'll see that. I feel like I'm, I'm now looking at this and I'm now looking at this and I'm like, the Clippers are giving up Zubach, Harrell, and Harkless. Most of them are, you know, Zubach and Harrell are kind of salary dumps to a certain extent. That's dumps per se, but you know, uh, and they're getting Steven Adams back really. Zaire Smith is just to make contracts work. I feel like a first sure. pick is worthy. I'll give him a first. Anyways. Sorry. And Steven Adams has played in big games against big dudes right. and he's awesome. He's right. totally cool. 
I feel like that's the biggest thing for them is that they just need, if they're, if they're hell bent on getting size, which I respect, like the Lakers are huge. You're going to have to go past the Lakers at some point. Uh, Steven Adams certainly, certainly brings some size to to your team. Yeah. Each of the Western teams sort of have their strengths and it's up to the other teams to counter that. I, like there's so many weird teams in the West. There's the two LA teams, but then there's Denver, which is an inside out team, Utah, which you don't really know what you're getting from night to night. And especially because we don't really know who their playoff five will be. Mm-hmm. Houston doesn't seem complete. And by the way, Harden is not on pace to become yeah. one of the best scorers ever. <laughs> Darn. Uh, Dallas keeps getting injured and they just seem at least one player away. I do like OKC. I want them to make a trade. I do hope Portland makes the playoffs. Memphis, I I, I don't know what to think. Like I, I sort of feel like they might start having to play tougher games because um, San Antonio and the Blazers are really going to try their damnedest to get in. And then New Orleans, they they don't really have to do anything, but it would be weird. I don't think that J.J. Redick is a fundamental player for that team. So even though he's he might be hard to move, I wonder, you know, if you could get actually some value for the for him. Um, maybe Milwaukee. Mm. Uh, we haven't really I, I mean it just doesn't really it's hard to think of like a really big time player that would move the needle for a bunch of these teams that right. would also make sense and could happen, you right. know? So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It does sort of seem like drew holiday is maybe the dude, like the star that could get traded. And we'll, and but we'll then see. again, like the Knicks are going to do something dumb. You know, they will <laughs> like, they just fired their president. They still have all these power forwards. They'll, they'll do something. They have to. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm I am all for the Knicks just falling into a further deep abyss. No, yeah, it, it, this is ridiculous. I can't believe it. And <laughs> like, not for nothing, but like the dude that we've been talking about all night is being like a good trade asset. Like, just put his foot in his mouth, and the team just looks like a complete catastrophe. But they still have one more games than the Atlanta Hawks, so good for them. Amen. Uh, well, here's to, here's to a hopefully exciting NBA trade deadline. Uh, maybe some trades will have gone down by the time you guys are listening to this. Most likely not. It seems like it's going to be one of these deadlines where we're all sitting, refreshing Twitter for three hours as four o'clock rolls around on Thursday, but whatever, hopefully something will happen. Uh, before we go, Natty, let's quickly do studs and duds. It's been a while since we've played. Um, and I'm going to quickly see if I can bring up the, uh, our standings right now. Cause it has been a good amount of time. We've missed podcasts. We didn't do it last week because of uh, we were paying respects to to Kobe. Let's see if I can find what our current standings nice. are. Here we While go. While you do that, I would just like to point out to everyone that Zion's averaging 19 and 8, and Zion's I feel like that's pretty good. Also, <laughs> maestro Dame Lillard since the new year began. Well... That motherfucker's averaging 35 points per game <laughs> and five rebounds and eight assists, and he's shooting 46% from three on 11 attempts a game. He is the only player in the top dozen of points per game since the new year began who's shooting over 40% from three. He's so good. I really want Portland to make it. Even though they could get annihilated, it would just be cool. Does Portland say, fuck it, let's blow it up and trade Dame at his absolute pinnacle for any everything the world has to offer? See, I thought about that, but it's like, what would you actually get? Like, there's not, like, a bunch of the big-time targets have already sort of been spoken for. You know, there's no Durant out there. Um, there's no LeBron. Like, what are you, who are you actually targeting? Like, who's the best player that's a, maybe maybe cat maybe uh, but i don't think so um you can't trade for beal because he signed right. too late aaron gordon i guess but like maybe he's not a star maybe this is just <laughs> the dude he is also i feel like a dame lillard i mean all respects to aaron gordon but a dame lillard trade for aaron gordon is highway robbery yeah it's certainly like, the magic like, would have to throw in a shit ton of stuff but 
is that enough? It, like we were right. It's just gonna. It's really hard to trade after so much stuff has occurred. Um, especially on top of all that, a bunch of teams want to hoard cap space because because uh, Giannis 20, is gonna. Yeah. Be, yeah, like so two, which is ridiculous because a bunch of those teams should be going the other way, saying like, no, actually, so many will be competing that we won't get anyone good, and then we'll just be sitting here. We should try to get dudes right now right. that we'll still have in a couple of years, and then we'll be like two years ahead of getting them off our books once they get expensive. So I, I don't know. There's just, it, it's so, I, I don't even know if it would be possible to trade a player of Dame's status because you would have to be sending back. So like, you'd have to be sending, if OKC did it for some reason, like kept Chris Paul, like if they just sent Danilo Gallinari back and uh, I don't know, three first round picks, every single pick like, they have. Yeah, I, I, I man, <laughs> like, like Dame for Drummond, no fucking way. God, no. there's uh, like, could tra- Milwaukee do it? I don't know what they would send. It would have to be tons of picks. TradeNBA.com says that there's no change in projected wins for Carl Anthony Towns for Damian Lillard. Both teams will still suck. Yeah, like there's, <laughs> I. It's and you can't trade Mello because uh, well, he no. signed too late, <laughs> and, he's, and he's untouchable. Um, I hope he keeps playing for them. Like I hope he has he signs like a minimum three year contract or something. That would be awesome. Fuck all right, yes. let's do studs and duds. Natty, you are still in the lead, nine and five with the nine and five record. I'm seven and seven, but I am coming for that. I hear footsteps. Yes. I hear footsteps. And the man who's going to help take me there, my stud this week. He's a stud in my heart. He's been a stud all season. He got the bag and he's still playing like he's one of the top 30 players in the NBA. Jalen Brown, baby, going up against nice. the Magic, the Hawks, and the Thunder. Sure. Give it to me. Give me JB giving you good fantasy production, putting up big buckets, slamming a few dunks home. Uh, I'm all for Jalen Brown this week as a stud. He looks great, man. It's cool that Boston looks like it's coalescing. Like you can sort of see where the future lies, especially if Hayward, you know, like keeps playing well. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really cool to see. Um, It could just be a coincidence, but Kyrie isn't there. (laughs) So Eh, I feel like uh, that's a causality. Could yeah, you know, like who knows? Like maybe everybody was they just I, know. I mean, these are still really young players, by the way. Uh it does make sense that they would have I, I can look I can season. look uh I can look to Brooklyn and say with pretty good assurance that uh Kyrie Irving problem part of the flaw. I won't say the entire problem. <gasps> Certainly part of it. I mean, as of right now, they're in the playoffs, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. How <laughs> dare you? How dare you? Who's your stud for the week? I'm going to go with the Stifle Tower, mm. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. They are playing the Nuggets, the Blazers, and the Rockets. I feel like those are three teams that Gobert likes to play against. Um, going up against Jokic, like, Gobert is the defensive player of the year, and Joker is a center with an offensive type that we've never really seen before, or at least haven't really seen in decades um and gobert is the only guy on utah that to me really seems untradeable like i could even see trading donovan mitchell if you were getting a player of better quality yeah like uh, you know like you couldn't say no but for gobert man he's just so i know he hasn't really been able to show it and he is of very traditional center but he's so fucking good at defense that it really doesn't matter. Uh, and I think he's going to feast this week. Love it. Uh, who's your dud? I am going to go with another big man who I like a lot, but he has a rough sketch. I'm going with Sabonis as my dud. Oh. He is playing at Toronto. Then he's playing at home against Toronto. And then he's playing against the Pelicans with Mr. Zion Williams. Who is so, Zion good? 
Have we confirmed I this? I think I feel like Zion has been good. I okay. don't know if 19 and 8 is good, but um, you know, people have been talking about Zion Williamson a lot and they seem to really like him and he's the size of a fucking planet. So <laughs> with still the like agility and hops of someone who weighs easily like 80 pounds less. He is such a like trunk lower body it's crazy it is absolutely nuts um and it's just so cool to watch the pelicans be good because brandon ingram is the fucking man and Derek favors has really helped them play better defense um lonzo you know whatever it's up and down It, it he he will find a groove but he's been in such weird situations you know like if they do trade drew holiday that's probably going to be good for lonzo or hell, maybe Lonzo's on the trade block. I don't know. Ooh, you would be selling high on him. He's been playing super well recently. That being said, I don't think they will. He has been his, shooting well. His uh, his passing with Zion, the I've already like they've NBA and and the Pelicans have already put together like a massive highlight reel of all of Zion of Lonzo's lobs to Zion. That that duo is going to be pretty fun to watch. I agree. However, I would caution people like sick passing while I love it. And it's the coolest thing in the whole world. You know, Rubio never developed into the offensive player that we wanted him to. And right, now, even though shitting all over our parades, I'm just saying it's like Lonzo. I, you know, I think he's going to get better, but I don't know that he's ever going to be an offensive force. And so if I'm the Pelicans, I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, you know, would I rather in a vacuum, would I rather have drew than Lonzo? I think the answer to that is yes. So I would sell high on Lonzo and I would just say drew like drew drew, uh, you know, we love you. This is sort of your team. We've been through a lot and we're mm-hmm. glad you're here. And we think that you help the other players do well. And we should be a fucking playoff team. Yeah. My um, dud this week is Aaron Gordon. Uh, we talked. I know we talked about it. He might get traded, and and that yeah. would certainly change his uh his script. I mean, his teammates should get traded. Evan Fournier and uh, yeah. T Sizzle should get traded. But, but the Magic are in the playoffs, so it's tough for them to tell their fans, "Hey, we just traded two of the only dudes on this team that makes sense, and now you're left with a center that shoots threes, a point guard that can't shoot." But he's looking better. Go Markel Fultz, right on. Yep, yep. And then Aaron Gordon, who we don't know. Yeah. Uh, Magic play the Celtics on Wednesday when you're listening to this. Knicks Thursday and Bucks on Saturday. Ouch. Tough stretch for poor Gordon. Yeah. Power forward. Yeah. He could get the shit kicked out of him. Especially since the Knicks still have. They'll keep like all of their power forwards. They'll trade other pieces, but none of their power <laughs> They're going to trade. Oh, they'll trade their entire starting backcourt. And then just got to keep those power forwards, though. I mean, if someone comes at them with a real offer for Alfred Payton, they should take it. Because, oh, yeah. uh, like, you're, they're such a catastrophe. You should just try to get whatever you can. Oh, boy. Well. Go Knicks. Go, go Knicks. <laughs> keep doing you. Fire York. more never, people. Never yeah, change. Keep it going. I mean, I will literally say never change. You're doing a great job, Knicks. Keep, keep running this franchise into just well a giant hole in the middle of the ground. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that Rihachimura and Mo Wagner, two of the rooks for the Washington Wizards, they are coming back, or they are back. They played last game. Uh, Re is averaging 13 and 6 on the season, and Mo is averaging 11 and 5. Um, and depending on what happens in trades, they could be due for a bunch of minutes. So, uh, if you're if you have a couple of open roster spots, you should try to pick them up because they were playing well before they got injured. Look at Natty tossing in just the teeniest bit of fantasy basketball uh, advice at the end, so that we can well, consider because it's been still... hard to be like, hey, pick these guys up. Well, we can we now because we, it's we, like, we now oh shit, now ourselves... they got traded five minutes later. <laughs> we're now a fantasy basketball podcast. We have we've you know we've asserted that. Well done. Thank you for keeping us on track. <laughs> check mark nice check job done uh we will be back i hope one you. of our trades came true who cares I about the so rest too. of it i hope so too i hope if, your big one happens my 14 imagine people, if you fucking call that if that shit happens <laughs> i i don't know what i would do i would won't even be a part of this podcast anymore because i'll be living off my vast riches <laughs> that i've earned by i don't know caressing guessing the lottery or something 
Pete's Trade, the new movie. <laughs> the new on movie. Netflix. Oh, it's going to be huge. Uh, yeah, I'll debate about who's going to play me. It's going to be that's going to be an important role for some young actor to to really create their Oscar Oscar buzz. Uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We are there. Fake Teams channels. What you're looking for? So search Fake Teams. We'll pop up. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Long Two Podcast. Um, quick Twitter update: Ron Jeremy is uh, trending on uh, Twitter, and I'm too scared to. <laughs> click on it because oh because ron because espn mixed up ron burgundy with ron jeremy so there you go there's there's well done hey well done, ESPN. ron jeremy's a long shooter too so <laughs> that ties in with our pod pretty well and there you go maddie talk to you next week have a good one have a good one man bye